Part One, Chapter Eighteen of Thus Spake Zarathustra by Friedrich Nietzsche, translated by Thomas Common. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Old and Young Women. Why stealest thou along so furtively in the twilight, Zarathustra? And what hidest thou so carefully under thy mantle? Is it a treasure that hath been given thee, or a child that hath been born thee? Or goest thou thyself on a thief's errand, thou friend of evil? Verily, my brother, said Zarathustra, it is a treasure that hath been given to me. It is a little truth which I carry. But it is naughty like a young child, and if I hold not its mouth it screameth too loudly. As I went on my way alone today at the hour when the sun declineth, there met me an old woman, and she spake thus unto my soul. Much hath Zarathustra spoken also to us women, but never spake he unto us concerning woman. And I answered her, Concerning woman, one should only talk unto men. Talk also unto me of woman, said she. I am old enough to forget it presently. And I obliged the old woman, and spake thus unto her. Everything in woman is a riddle, and everything in woman hath one solution. It is called pregnancy. Man is for woman a means. The purpose is always the child. But what is woman for man? Two different things wanteth the true man, danger and diversion. Therefore wanteth he woman as the most dangerous plaything. Man shall be trained for war, and woman for the recreation of the warrior. All else is folly. Two sweet fruits. These the warrior liketh not. Therefore liketh he woman. Bitter is even the sweetest woman. Better than man doth woman understand children, but man is more childish than woman. In the true man there is a child hidden. It wanteth to play. Up then, ye women, and discover the child in man. A plaything let woman be, pure and fine like the precious stone, illumined with the virtues of a world not yet come. Let the beam of a star shine in your love. Let your hopes say, May I bear the superman. In your love let there be valor. With your love shall ye assail him who inspireth you with fear. In your love be your honor. Little doth woman understand otherwise about honor. But let this be your honor, always to love more than ye are loved, and never be the second. Let man fear woman when she loveth, then maketh she every sacrifice, and everything else she regardeth as worthless. Let man fear woman when she hateth, for man in his innermost soul is merely evil. Woman, however, is mean. Whom hateth woman most? Thus spake the iron to the lodestone. I hate thee most, because thou attractest. 
but art too weak to draw unto thee. The happiness of man is I will, the happiness of woman is he will. Lo, now hath the world become perfect. Thus thinketh every woman when she obeyeth with all her love. Obey, must the woman, and find a depth for her surface. Surface is woman's soul, a mobile, stormy film on shallow water. Man's soul, however, is deep. Its current gusheth in subterranean caverns. Woman surmiseth its force, but comprehendeth it not. Then answered me the old woman, Many fine things hath Zarathustra said, especially for those who are young enough for them. Strange, Zarathustra knoweth little about woman, and yet he is right about them. Doth this happen because with women nothing is impossible? And now, except a little truth by way of thanks, I am old enough for it. Swaddle it up and hold its mouth, otherwise it will scream too loudly, the little truth. Give me, woman, thy little truth, said I, and thus spake the old woman. Thou goest to women? Do not forget thy whip. Thus spake Zarathustra. Notes by Anthony M. Ludovici Nietzsche's views on women have either to be loved at first sight, or they become perhaps the greatest obstacle in the way of those who otherwise would be inclined to accept his philosophy. Women especially, of course, have been taught to dislike them, because it has been rumored that his views are unfriendly to themselves. Now, to my mind, all this is pure misunderstanding and error. German philosophers, thanks to Schopenhauer, have earned rather a bad name for their views on women. It is almost impossible for one of them to write a line on the subject, however kindly he may do so, without being suspected of wishing to open a crusade against the fair sex. Despite the fact, therefore, that all Nietzsche's views in this respect were dictated to him by the profoundest love, despite Zarathustra's reservation in this discourse that, quote, with women nothing that can be said is impossible, end quote. And in the face of other overwhelming evidence to the contrary, Nietzsche is universally reported to have mis son pied dans la place where the female sex is concerned. In what is the fundamental doctrine which has given rise to so much bitterness and aversion? Merely this, that the sexes are at bottom antagonistic. That is to say, as different as blue is from yellow, and that the best possible means of rearing anything approaching a desirable race is to preserve and to foster this profound hostility. What Nietzsche strives to combat and to overthrow is the modern democratic tendency which is slowly laboring to level all things, even the sexes. His quarrel is not with women. What indeed could be more undignified? It is with those who would destroy the natural relationship between the sexes, 
by modifying either the one or the other with a view to making them more alike. The human world is just as dependent upon women's powers as upon men's. It is women's strongest and most valuable instincts which help to determine who are to be the fathers of the next generation. By destroying these particular instincts, that is to say by attempting to masculinize women and to feminize men, we jeopardize the future of our people. The general democratic movement of modern times, in its frantic struggle to mitigate all differences, is now invading even the world of sex. It is against this movement that Nietzsche raises his voice. He would have woman become ever more woman, and man become ever more man. Only thus, and he is undoubtedly right, can their combined instincts lead to the excellence of humanity. Regarded in this light, all his views on woman appear not only necessary but just. See note on chapter 56, paragraph 21. It is interesting to observe that the last line of the discourse, which has so frequently been used by women as a weapon against Nietzsche's views concerning them, was suggested to Nietzsche by a woman. See Das Leben F. Nietzsche's. End of Part 1, Chapter 18 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia